You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Rob Ninkovich on DCR, DCR, the morning show, 5 to 8 here, Monday through Friday at 98.7 ESPN. We are the first word in New York sports. So Ninkovich was on with us yesterday, and I just, I flatly said, you know, Rob, how, how upset are you that there's no football this weekend? And he's like, oh, so upset. And I, I, I just, I, I don't even know that I'm emotionally ready for this. I am so upset. And so saddened, and I think when tomorrow hits, it's you're gonna really, really feel it. And and I know that there are people that listen like, oh, hey, Rothenberg, and you know he's he's doing his thing. It, no, it's, it's really true. And I think what makes matters worse, or maybe better, if you'd like to take that tact, is tomorrow's Valentine's Day. So now instead of telling your significant other, listen, you do your thing, watch football with me if you'd like, but that's what I'm doing. I'm locked into football. Now there's this added pressure. Of you got you gotta you gotta make sure that things are done properly. So I get no football and I have the pressure of Valentine's Day. That's a lot because I don't know if you're like this. I feel no matter what I do, I never live up to the expectation that is set for me, ever. So I, I, I'm not gonna tell you what what I have planned, but I have I have things planned. I have things that are gonna happen, and I always feel like no matter what it is, it's never enough. And I'm always looked at, well, okay, you know, you, you came up short yet again. And I don't know if that's true, but that's kind of the feeling. I don't know if you get that feeling, anybody out there, but that's kind of the feeling. And Valentine's Day to me, it's just, I don't know, it's just this creation out of nowhere, right? It, it, it kind of feels hallmarky, holiday-ish, like the, the flower companies have set up this, well, if you don't get your significant other beautiful roses, then what kind of an animal, in fact, are you? But anyway, um, so tomorrow, Valentine's Day, no football. That stinks. We do have a lot of, and this is going to be, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah, uh, NFL Network, who had the, the, the tweet, and he's right, about this offseason in the NFL is going to be bigger and better and better than any offseason we've ever seen. Do you realize the quarterback change that will happen this offseason? And just the amount, because teams aren't going to be able to keep guys. They're going to have to release guys all over the place. The amount of change, and I think his tweet said something to the effect of, in 2020, if you were good, 2021, you could be bad, and vice versa. The amount of change is unbelievable. So we'll get to that in a couple minutes. Of course, Stump Rothenberg coming your way uh, at 10.30 this morning. Another another bitter pill for the Rangers last night. They lose one nothing, and it's just like they don't score. You know, we had David Quinn on yesterday. And asked him about Zabinijad and, and the Rangers and the offense. He says, don't worry, it's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Well, at what point does that actually happen? And it seems to be the same song and dance with this team day after day after day. But to say I'm concerned would be accurate. I am concerned. So last night, we have a lot to do. A lot of, a lot of little mini topics. Because nothing is, is jumping off the page to you. But a lot of little mini topics. So last night, uh, the Knicks. And, and by the way, and I said this, and, and I'm wrong often. And I'm, I'm right often, right? And it just depends on the topic. I, I said from the jump, I don't want Russell Westbrook. I, he feels like a guy to me. I'm going to now pay him three years at $44 million. You know what? No, thank you. And I got from so many people, how could you not want Russell Westbrook? How could that not be a guy that you are out there and you are after and he changes the dynamic? Oh, could you imagine if he was on this team right now? I, you'd, you'd, you'd be stuck into that contract for years. Now, that being said, Bradley Beal is a guy that I'm definitely interested in and would consider giving up major resources to be able to acquire. Um, Mitchell Robinson, I don't know if you know this or not, broke his hand last night. 
So we don't know how long he's going to be out for, but you got to figure it's going to be, I mean, sometime, right? He's not going to like he's not going to come back next game. He's going to be out for some time. And the Knicks are, I mean, they're playing pretty well. Like they are a a competent team, and they have a couple of pieces. One of them is Mitchell Robinson. I don't love him. I know others do. R.J. Barrett is certainly a piece that you look at. Uh, Julius Randle, whether you love his game or not, is certainly a piece that you look at. And quickly is a, a, a young piece that you look at as well. And, and it, it does feel like they are trending in the right direction. Now, do you take what you have and break it up and go make a play for a Bradley Beal or not? I, I would. Um, if you told me Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, and a one for Bradley Beal, it's something I would absolutely do. I'd be a little more hesitant to move on from R.J. Barrett. But, you know, I, I just look at him as... And I don't know that he's going to be great, but he's young. I mean, he's infancy stages of his career. He's already shown you that from year one to year two, there is a jump. And I think that he's going to get better. I think he's going to be a very good NBA player. So I would be nervous to trade him. But would I, if I had to, would I go Robinson, Barrett, and a one for Bradley Beal? Yeah, you know what? I I would. Because I think you are. And Beal is, I mean, in the prime of his career now. He's a guy that's going to, I mean, you can't score if you're the Knicks. He's a guy that's going to pour home 30 points a game for you. 28 points a game for you. Completely change. Quickly in Beal backcourt? The future? That's pretty enticing. Pretty exciting. But you know what I love? And we'll get to the NFL. We'll, we'll get to the NBA. And lots of stuff to get into today. I, I love the Knicks fan. We had this yesterday because we had the conversation on DCR. And we had a lot of Knicks fans that called and said what they would or wouldn't give up for, for Bradley Beal. And a big portion of the fans that called said, you know, I'd be willing to give up Kevin Knox and Frank Nilakina. <laughs> Really? Well, that's, I mean, let's, let's stop the presses here. So you'd be willing to give up two guys that you'd have to say are monumental disappointments. You're really moving the needle here, people. I mean, if you want to get something, you have to give something up. But I love that. I love the fan that I'm willing to give you some, you know, and I hate to be disrespectful, but, but some, some slop here that I have on my team, and I would like the, the gem of your team. So if I, if I give you enough of these guys, if I give you Nilakina and Knox and Austin Rivers, these are bodies. These are you, warm bodies that you can put into the game. It, it seems a little bit ridiculous to me. You have to give up real talent. And it's the same thing if you're the Jets, and it's the same thing if you're the Knicks, and it's the same thing if you're the Nets. I mean, if you're, if you're a team and you want real talent in return, very rarely, very infrequently do you look at a trade and say, oh, my God, that is a horrendous trade. I can't believe this team just gave this superstar player for bodies. That doesn't happen. All right? The only time it ever will potentially happen is when it's based on, uh, like, a trade deadline where it's an expiring contract. But even so, there's usually a bidding war for somebody like that. So a lot for us to do today, 800-919-3776. What a – are you talking about getting off to a bad start if you're Urban Meyer? What a disgrace that was, huh? He hires this – this strength and conditioning coach, Chris Doyle, I guess is his name, who has so many skeletons in the closet. He was the strength coach at the University of Iowa, and he was accused of making racist remarks and belittling and bullying players while he was there. So Urban Meyer hires him and then is asked about him and says how he feels great about him. And they have a great relationship. And he's a good guy. And you think to yourself, what is happening? And this is not the first time with Urban. right? Urban Meyer said something to the effect of, I've known him for, for 20 years. 
Um, and he's a good guy, and we vetted him, and we vetted him well, and this is a non-issue. Well, last night, Chris Doyle resigned from his job amid pressure of, from from people all over the place, from the Fritz Pollard Alliance. Uh, I saw Lewis Riddick had some strong statements on Twitter, and it's the right thing. I mean, how do you hire a guy that was put on leave from a place for making racist remarks? It's It's mind-boggling to me. So every time you think we've taken this this stride, then we get something like this. I guess it's better that it happened quickly rather than this guy has the job and 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 performs at the job and is now entrenched in the NFL. But really, when these things happen, it it, it at least for my money makes you just shake shake your head, doesn't it? So so that's it. Uh, Doyle no longer with Jacksonville, uh, and then we have what happened in Houston. And you think about Houston. You know, so J.J. Watt, they release him, so he's gone. And he was there was a time, and I don't think he is anymore, but there was a time where he was an, an absolute superstar player, like a great defensive player. And he's not; he's still good, and he'll sign on quickly, but he's not a star. But look at what Houston has has lost in the last, I don't know, year. They're going to lose Deshaun Watson. you, you got to figure that, and that, that thing could get very, very messy. Um, we'll get into that as we move forward today. J.J. Watt is gone. James Harden is gone. George Springer is gone. Like, you have major stars that are fleeing as quickly as humanly possible from the city of Houston. Uh, and then the quarterback carousel. And, you know, there's a lot of questions surrounding what quarterback is going to land where. And we are, what are we, about two months to the draft? I think the draft is the 29th of April. For, so two and a half months. So a couple things on that. Firstly, if you're Houston, you absolutely have to trade Deshaun Watson before the draft. If you don't trade him before the draft, now you're going to have each side digging in, and I think this will get really, really ugly. Because from everything you hear, Watson refuses to play for this organization. And whether you believe that that's the right thing or the wrong thing, and I think most people are okay with the tack that he's taken. But whether you think that's the right thing or the wrong thing, that's what it is. Right now, he absolutely refuses now, it's February, and there's no camps, there's no meetings, there's no practices, there's nothing virtual, there's no games. So to say I'm not showing up mid-February is one thing. When we get to May, when we get to August, when we get to September, does Deshaun pull the same thing and say, I refuse to play? Well, we'll see. You know, Houston says, we're not trading you. He says, I'm not showing up. I'll never play again there. Something's going to give at some point. And then, of course, you get into the Jets. And what do you give up for him? And I would think it's a lot. I would think it's a ton. But then you have this Jeremy Fowler news come out yesterday where he says, you know, the Jets, eh, is kind of the take. San Francisco, real. Denver, interested in going there. The Jets, eh, not so sure about that. So there's a lot for us to do, a lot for us to unpack, as it would be. A lot of NFL conversation, a lot of NBA. We'll do Stump Rothenberg at 1030. I mean, I guess we can be here for Valentine's advice. I don't know that I'm the person you want to turn to for Valentine's advice, but I'm, I'm okay. Like, I can certainly help you if you're in a bind. So we have a lot going on. It's a busy Saturday. There's no snow today, which is terrific news because every other day it feels like it does snow, but none of that on the horizon today. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Talking to someone yesterday. Um... And it was a good conversation. And out of nowhere, he says, you know what I really enjoy? Or who I really enjoy? And I said, who? He says, Tariq. I said, huh. 
So what are you talking about? Who are we talking about? Like, I thought there was a chance initially that he was talking about Tariq Cohen. And, and uh, you know, there's been Tariq Cohen conjecture that he might be involved in a trade for Carson Wentz. And I'm thinking, you really like who? And he says again, he says, I really like Tariq. And I said, I'm sorry, who is who is Tariq? And he said, come on, are you serious? I said, yeah, no, I don't know who you're talking about. The guy that works with you on, on Saturday mornings, Tariq. And I said, oh, Tyreek? Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said, Tariq. I said, no, 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 Tyreek. That's what I'm saying, Tariq. And I was like, all right, listen, rather than go around and around and around, I think you're saying it wrong. It's Tyreek. You're saying Tariq. But, but the point of the story is the same. There are people out there, Tyreek that really are fond of, of the work that you put on here on 98.7. Well, Davido, I mean, listen, when you are able to work and align yourself with someone who is of tremendous talent, I would argue pound for pound, if we created a list, Dave Rothenberg would be at the top. When you have that person in your corner helping to mold you, then this is what you get. This is the product you get. By the way, you're on later today, aren't you? Oh, yes, I am. Oh, let's let's tease that. You're on. So it goes from me, 9 to noon. Yes. Anita, noon to 3. That's right. The great Gordon Damer, 3 to 6. Mm-hmm. And Tariq, 6 to 7.30. Yes? 6 to 7.30, bridging you to good old Knicks Rockets tonight. Should be fun. Listen, I'm, I'm ex- watching the Knicks is not horrendous. It's and not. I know, that, I, I know you hear that. You're like, wait, come on. That's not exactly a, a vote of confidence. <laughs> For the last how long watching the Knicks has been horrendous. Watching the Knicks, Tyreek, is not horrendous now. Now listen, Dave, bef- before I weigh in on that, usually before the show, what is it that I tell you? What is it that I need from you? You, you always say, not usually, it's, it's a staple of the conversation. We have it about 8.58. And what is and it? And you'll say to me, Dave, quote, I need an open. Now here is how I know you delivered on the open. All right. Because I, I during the break— machine gun of takes going off in my head. I'm like, all right, everything he said, I want to weigh in on. That's how I know you delivered an open. So if we start with the Knicks, you mentioned Russell Westbrook, the same Russell Westbrook you didn't want. A I didn't of want, ago. And, and come on, right now as we sit here, was I right? He's giving you 29 and 9, with the true shooting percentage of 50. But yes, you don't want him. That's fine. Bradley Beal, I'm all in. I'm with you. Yep. I was sounding the, sounding the alarm on Mitchell Robinson. I didn't think he was as good as Knicks fans would, you know, have I don't him understand. To be. I've it's, never understood. There's an I've obsession. I've never understood why the Knicks fan looks at Mitchell Robinson and thinks that he is some star player. He's fine. He's fine. He, can he be the the best player on a championship team? Oh, Mitchell Robinson? Can he be the second best player on a championship no. team? Third best player? No. Fourth? May, yeah. I think he could be the fourth best player on a championship so, team. So the Nick fan would have you to believe that a player who can be the fourth best on a contender is going to stop you from getting Bradley Beal. Or any so other you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I, I mean, it's I would, ridiculous. There's nothing. But I. But how about the trades that I proposed? Oh, to you? I love it. You can have either Randall or Barrett. You can have Robinson. You can have Rivers. Fine, somebody like that. You know, Knox and Alakina, whatever. And you can have a one. No, I like uh, Nilakina and Knox straight up for Bradley Beal. No, I'm with you. I'm I'm totally with you. I, I, again, I would be like to you know 
argue the same point you made. I'd be hesitant to give up on R.J. Barrett because he's, aside from the last two games, he's actually been playing really well this season. But Bradley Beal, man, that, that dude is a star. He's a star. A and he's star. young. Yep. He's a young star. So I, I completely agree with you. All right, I'd like to get to the calls. Anything else you'd like to get off your chest before we – I mean, I will, we'll, we'll pump it all day long, the fact that you have the big Ty D. Butler show at 6 o'clock tonight leading up to the watchable. New York Knicks. But anything <laughs> quickly, else you need to get off your chest? Quickly, if I can. Yeah. You mentioned Valentine's Day and the pressure that you have going into I feel into a lot tomorrow. of pressure. Now, I, I look, here's the thing, Dave. You know I love you. But if I'm to be candid, the reason why you have so much pressure is because, if we're being honest, you've outkicked your coverage. So regardless of what you can do, it's never going to quite be enough for this beautiful wife that you have because you look in the mirror and you don't see someone who's all that deserving physically of being with her. <laughs> First of all, you're, you're a great friend. Let me make sure to promote the 6 to 7.30 Kai <laughs> Butler experience. You know it would be great if nobody called. Honestly, at this point, if you just sat there and you looked at the phone screener and not one person called, and you had to go on and on and on for 90 minutes without a call. I, I'd love for that to happen. Now <laughs> now, some point. people wouldn't be able to do it, but I think I can. Just last, so you used the phrase, you, you fall short. And it's actually apropos because within the four walls of your home, I think you consistently fall short uh, in more ways than one. So that's why you're dealing with that let, issue. Let me, but I let me ask you this. You well. who, who, who are you? Who are you? I mean, for Tariq. all I've done for you, Tariq you know what, Button. really? From this moment on, you are dead to me. Is that so? Right, you are you are dead to me. No more talking to management and helping you. No more bringing you on at 9.15. No more, it's kind of a Rothenberg. You're the Ed McMahon to my Johnny Carson. No more. You are 9.25, we just did. You're dead to me. Dave, all right? I agree I'm sick and tired of you being obnoxious and rude and, and off-putting. All right, this is supposed to be a family show and an entertaining show at that, and I find that you are you you feeling very confident right now. I agree and I don't with like your it. Knicks take. I agreed with the Knicks take, and I said pound for pound, you're you're number one on the list. By the way, uh, quickly here, uh, Emmanuel, you know the, the person that that kind of invented the I'm the pound for pound best host at the station was. Do you know who that was? Uh, I'm not aware, but let me Don know. Lagreca. That's what he said Love for Don. for years now at this point. Don Lagreca celebrating a birthday oh, yes. today. So I would like to wish Don, who honestly, and I mean this sincerely, is one of my favorite people. He's Not amazing. just at the station, one of my absolute favorite people. Now, he's probably fast asleep right now because it's only 9.25 on his Saturday. No, he's he likes to sleep in. He loves but the show. Don, one of my absolute favorites. So I think it's 53 today. A very happy birthday one of the, to the best, great Don One Lagreca. of the top five voices in the country as far as sports uh, sports media goes. Don I, I don't even have to quantify it. I, I don't. You could be right, but it's unnecessary. He is great, and he's a better guy than he is talk show. So very happy birthday to the great Don LeGreca. Now, you're dead to me, so let me move on. 800-919-3776. Go to James in Spring Valley. And, James, lead us off on 98.7 ESPN. Dave Rothenberg, what's going on, man? What's How up, you James? Doing? How you doing, buddy? Good, man. A quick question, and I'll make it quick before I, before I go. Uh, if you're the Knicks and if you get Bradley Beal, um, does that open the door to get other free agents coming? Because the Knicks have been dreadful at getting free agents, man. Would this be the stepping stone for the Knicks to actually attract free agents? Listen, if you have players now that you start to look at, and you're you're excited, you're excited by quickly. Randall has has transformed his game. Robinson is again; he's a nice player. You like Barrett. Derrick Rose adds that punch off the bench. So there is some reason to start to get excited right now. And if you were to add Bradley Beal and not gut this team, 
and you have like competent guys running it and a coach that is respected, I, I think you're starting to turn a corner a little bit. Yeah, I do. Thanks, Dave. Enjoy the rest of the show, man. Thank you, James. I appreciate it. Ty, you know what? I, I can't take it anymore with the Mets. I I can't take it anymore. Medical update on Seth Lugo. An MRI has revealed that right-handed pitcher Seth Lugo has a loose body in his right elbow. Will undergo surgery this Tuesday, February the 16th at um, HSS, which is the Hospital for Special Surgery in Florida. While going through his normal throwing progression during the offseason, a bone spur had broken off at some point. Inflammation that wouldn't subside recently caused Seth to inform the Mets medical staff of the situation. And they had an MRI, which took place yesterday. Mets Medical Director Dr. David Alchek, who actually operated on my wife's shoulder, uh, will perform the procedure. Lugo will not throw for six weeks before assessing and transitioning into a throwing program. So you're not going to have Lugo for a while now, is what that means. And what that means, in addition, is you're going to have him in the pen. You have to sign at least one more arm in the pen if you're the Mets. But that, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, you have a different owner. You have a guy worth a trillion dollars. But you know what? Now you can outspend mistakes or injuries or whatever it is. You need another arm in the bullpen. 800-919-3776. Emmanuel and Flushing. Emmanuel, you're next up on 98.7. Hey, Dave. How you doing? What's up, Emmanuel? How are you? Can I call you Manny or is that not allowed? I think I could care less. I could care less, to okay. be honest with you. Good. Uh, good win for the Knicks, even despite losing Mitchell Robinson for a while. But I want to talk about this Urban Meyer thing. To be honest with you, I am not surprised that it comes from Urban Meyer because Urban Meyer has always found ways to be involved in controversy, getting back to his Florida days, even Ohio State days. There's also another example of why the NFL continues to be dealing with diversity issues when it comes to coaching. And we got to give credit to Bruce Arians, who actually gives a damn about diversity because three of the coordinators are black, and one of and one of the old coordinators that used to be because of the just the top polls was the MVP. And, so and he has a woman not, on his staff as well. As, yes, yes, as, exactly. But this is Erwin Meyer does. He finds ways to be involved with controversy. When he was in Florida, very, uh, uh, multiple players got in uh, off the field issues. In Ohio State, he has a guy, um, Zach, one of his old coordinators, being accused of Mexican violence. And now he just hired, uh, hired a guy who just, just resigned as a history of racial behavior. But, uh, Emmanuel, uh, what, like, how... I, I'll almost go out as far and say, how how dumb do you have to be? Like, e- even know. if you love this guy, even if you're Urban Meyer and you look at Chris Doyle, like, boy, he's a great strength coach. You you can't find someone else who's qualified, who's not allegedly a racist. Like, you, nobody sits yeah. in a room and they never have a powwow and think, you know what, this guy might be great, but this is going to cause all sorts of trouble and it's just a stupid thing to do. Nobody can have that conversation with him? I know, and, and, and him saying that I know this man for 20 years, he understands what I'm saying. Dude, you realize that um, every time I hear this thing, it seems like why, it is one of the reasons why the NFL has, a hit, has an issue when it comes to dealing with diversity, when it comes to coaching level, presidency, and even ownership. I mean, it's ridiculous. It, 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 listen, Manny, Emmanuel, whatever we'd like to call you, thanks for the call. You couldn't be more accurate here. It's embarrassing. It really is. I mean, how could you do this? And what kind of an organization? I understand that Urban Meyer is the golden goose, and you look at him, and he's going to be the savior as far as a head coach. But nobody, I mean, the owner, the, the, the GM, like nobody gets into a room with Urban Meyer and says, well, maybe this is not a great idea. This guy has a horrendous track record, and he was just asked to leave Iowa. 
for these allegations. Why, why would you possibly bring that into the mix? Why? Walking double entendre with a beautiful tweet, by the way. Thank you, Dave, for po- finally putting Ty in his place. <whistles> Obnoxious the way he acts to you. I, I tend to agree. I mean, you need to show me some respect. I've been nothing but good to you. And who is, who is this and, guy? Who is this guy? He's the walking double entendre. Oh, God. I mean, he's a dork. He's not, you know what? You you think you're better than everybody. He, no. But Where's why the tie is... that I, the, the innocent tie that I met years ago who was just a fan of Dave Rothenberg? And I met during during a Michael K. show broadcast out on location. Oh, wow. Like, you remember that. Uh, hi, yeah, I remember everything. Hi, hi, Mr. Rothenberg. How are you? I'm a big fan. Thanks so much. I'm, I, I appreciate you so much. Now you... Now you act like this? No, listen, Dave. When first be of respectful. all, your Twitter name is Walking Double Entendre. You got at Ryan and a bunch of numbers nobody cares about. You've got no followers. The Yankees logo is your your Who your cares? avatar. Who he's cares? a dork, you... and he's ripping me on on. He's ripping me on. That's Twitter. that's that's the crux he, of your issue. He's a dork. You don't care about his Yankees logo. You don't care about the fact that he has no followers. You don't care about the numbers that follow and, Ryan and, the fact and his that you at take handle. Pride in it. You care about the fact that he's ripping you. Why would you read that on the air? Why would you read that? Oh, that was a beautiful air? tweet. It's a beautiful tweet because I thought it was he's a ripping sensational me. Yeah. tweet. Okay. He, here's what I'd like from you. Uh, here's what I'd like the poll question to be: Is Ty Butler obnoxious? That's it. <laughs> no, no way. I'm. That's what. I, that's all I want. We is Ty D? Get make sure you get the D in there. What's the D stand for, by the way? <laughs> that's uh. That's what she said. Uh, Donovan. 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 Okay. Um. That's what I'd like. I'd like is Ty D Butler obnoxious that's it leave it at that hashtag the station you can put me in there we'll retweet it we'll find out we'll get to the answers all right i'm on it by the way you need you need to um pay off your debt as do you as do i yeah we'll get to that moving forward you're listening to the dave rothenberg show podcast on espnnewyork.com He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. All right, let's uh, get rolling here. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of one Andrew M. Cohen. Phone lines are all lit up. Ty says he has a question as well. Now, Ty, do I go to the callers first, or do you actually have the, the updated standings for me? Let's go to the callers first. Let's okay. do that. Which means that you haven't done your job appropriately <laughs> and don't have the standings ready. Let's go to the callers first, mm-hmm. and then we'll do All right, let's go to the callers first, and let's bring them in. Matt in Rockland. Matt, good morning. You are first up on Stump Rothenberg. Hi, I have a presidential history question. Okay. Prior to Melania Trump, there was one first lady who was not born in the U.S. Who was she? Hmm. Not born in the U.S. The Roosevelt. By the continental U.S. Wait, wait, wait. Add to that now? Outside the continental U.S. Oh, so it could be an Alaska or Hawaiian situation is what you're saying? Well, it it could be. Uh, I'll say it wasn't, but 
outside of, you know. So then it's outside the U.S. The is what you say. All right, let me think back now. Um, Martha Washington? Now, can we can can you go back to all the way to the beginning of time? You can. But I think Martha Washington was uh, was born in, in the U.S. Um. Oh my God. Um. I think Van Buren's wife was. I mean, now I have to think of every every single one. I'm not sure that John Adams. Adam's wife? Mary Todd definitely was. Sarah Polk was. Franklin Pierce's wife was. It, it can't be anyone recently. It's got to be forever ago. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, I'll say Adam's wife. Uh, which Adams? Uh, John Quincy Adams. Do you know her name? Oh, come on. What, what's the answer? Louise Adams. You're correct. John Quincy Adams' wife. Oh, all right. I did not know her name. There you go, Dave. I you... did. But how about that? Which Adams? <laughs> then I say which Adams. Do you know her name? <laughs> he said which president, which first lady. Yeah. So John Quincy Adams' wife. So I, I made the rookie mistake of, of saving our document to a computer and not a drive. But I did retrieve it, and you went five and four last week. That after going seven and four the previous week, you have started now one and zero this week. So what what do we have the the, the total figure at? The total figure is at twelve. Not and, including this one and zero. Yeah, the total figure is at twelve and eight, my friend. That's not great. I mean, listen, it's not bad. It, no, it's not. It's not great. Let's go to uh, Steve in Brooklyn. Stevie, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Well, including Wednesday, Dave. Sounds like you haven't got one wrong. So not a bad run this week. So not far. a bad run, Steve. Not a bad run. All right, so one last Super Bowl Tom Brady-related question. All right. Wes Welker is one of only two players to go to the Super Bowl more than once with Tom Brady and not come away with a ring. Who is the other? Oh. I mean, it's got to be. That's a good question. So it's got to be. I mean, when when he, he lost, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, you got you got Rodney Harrison, but it's obviously not him. He went to one. Randy Moss, but it's not going to be him. Any of the any of the guys in the '07 team? I don't know. I think I'm just going to waste time here. Um, I will say he's not a bum. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I'm going to make a guess and say Asante Samuel. Not Asante Samuel. <clears throat> pro bowler, though. Logan Mankins. Okay. All right. Well, you like that question, Ty? Steve always brings it. I do like yeah. that question. Not a bad question. Let's go to Robin Greenwich. Rob, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. How's it going, Dave? Big fan. Good. Thanks. Uh, so this is my first time calling into the segment, so I thought I was going to give you a layup, and I worded the question correctly, so it's not multi-part, but Ty actually really liked it, so I hate to say you're going to have to name him. Uh, all right. You ready? Yeah, I think. All right. From the four major sports, NFL, NBA, NHL, and MLB, right. name the teams that share a name. Nickname. Yes. 
Um, now, this is obviously multiple part. All right, let's add an Correct. addendum here. I, I will tell you that the the number of teams is six, so can you name them? All right, so I can go uh, Cardinals. Yep. Um, obviously the Giants. Yep. Um, the Jets. Yep. The Kings. You got that. The Panthers. Yep. And the Rangers. Dave, you're the man. Thank you very much. What I I do not understand is how we say no multiple-part questions, and then we get a six-part question. We make exceptions. I'm flummoxed by this. (laughs) You got the answer correctly. It's a fun question. It's a fine question, but the whole point is that you don't want it to take me forever to think of the answer. Yeah, but we knew it wasn't going to take you forever to name six. Now, if you said 27, then we have an issue there. But six? That's the point, though. I'm frustrated by you. No, I've got a two-parter. I've got a two-parter next segment. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Jake and Caldwell. Jake, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. What are we, tie? Two and one today or three and one? Two and one. Don't two and add one. All right, Jake. Stop it. All right, Dave. I got 40 answers for this question. Great. I'm sure you do. I'm sure Ty's <laughs> welcome that question. <laughs> so, uh, 30 MLB teams. There's only one team that has not had a 40 home run hitter in the last 20 years. Which is that? I nailed this question, by the way. Right, did Jake? You, you did. First try. In the last, so the last 20 years brings us back to 2000, huh? Um, I mean, see, this is going to be one of these that's going to take me forever to think of. I think Delgado did for the Blue Jays. Definitely not the Dodgers. Certainly not the Mets. Um, no, Larry Walker I think has for the for the Rockies. The Braves. You got this right. It's not the Yankees, of course. Not the Phillies. Um, not the Texas Rangers. This is going to be a guess. I, I'm going to I'm going to say the Tampa Bay Rays. No, Ty will tell you it's the Pittsburgh Pirates. It was a really close in 1973. All right. What? When's the last time they had a 20 home run hitter? It's in 1973. Wow. That was a pure guess on my part. As I was going through the teams, I said, "Did Andrew McCutcheon ever hit 40 for the Pirates?" And there we go. There you go. Pittsburgh All right. So now Pirates. we're now we're just a, a, a paltry two and two. Is where we stand. We're struggling here, baby. Let's go to Parker and Edison. Parker, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. All right, got What's geography up? for you. Okay. All right. What country shares the longest land border with France? The longest land border with France? Mm-hmm. Got it. 730 kilometers. So, is it Suriname? I don't know, is it that big? 
Oh god. I'm not, I'm not sure. Is it f- now, are we considering? No. I was gonna say French Guyana, but it's not gonna be that. Uh, it, it's a full department of France, just like a state in, you know, Hawaii is a state in the U.S. Well, I don't understand what you mean by that. Explain that. Well, France has departments, U.S. has states. If it's a full department in France, it would be considered the same as, like, I don't know, Paris or something. Or... Um, how many miles is it? 730 kilometers, 450 miles. No, we're talking about about France in in Europe, right? There's no like any trick question. It here. is. It, it is. Uh, I mean, it is a department of France. It's a state of. Oh, France. so you're gonna you're gonna have some like like it's gonna be French Guyana or something? Is that where you're gonna go? I don't know. Ty, what what am I getting myself into here? <laughs> can we be specific about? Can we give him that? I mean, are we are we are we talking yeah. France in go Europe go or is it an offshoot of France? I mean, French Guiana is like a state like Hawaii is a state. So you're going to tell me Brazil is the answer you're looking for then? That is correct. That is a horrendous question. I gave you the disclaimer. A horrendous question. I gave you the disclaimer. Now, you always say that I complain when I don't get it right, correct? Yes. I got it right and still will sit here and tell you that's a horrendous question. Now, are you going to blame me for that? Well, yeah. I gave you the disclaimer. You All you said is, are you okay with the geography question? No, no, no. On the screener, I said, I don't love it, but it's up to you. You can take this but if you But how want. would I know if I... Boy, you are frustrated. <laughs> I'm giving you the disclaimer. <laughs> Wait, it's a you geography. said, I don't love it, but I'll leave it up to you. <laughs> how would I possibly know you if I would love you, it or not? You gotta you know go what? with your gut feeling sometimes. Where are friend. we now? Are we three and two? You're three and two. The terrible question, by the way. So, so let's see what we've had here. You're the guy that's the last line of defense for me. Okay. Right, you're like a CIA agent if I were the president. That's you will allow a six-part question, and you will allow a, a that. All right, listen. That's this storm- is not your fondest moment. Let's storm the Capitol, my friend. Let's storm it. Let's do it. All right, now. Stump Rothenberg. Where are we tied now? Three and two? Uh, ba, 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 ba. Yes, we are three and two. All right. I got to finish above 500. That is, that is an absolute necessity. Why do people do that? What'd you say? Why do people do that? What? When they're thinking of an answer, they do pop, 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 pop. I just, I just did it. It was weird. After I I think it it, it buys you time without silence. I get it. Because have dead silence is is strange. Let's go to Hawkeye, Long Island. Good morning, Hawkeye. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning. Uh, Baseball Hall of Fame question. Okay. Since 1990, nine different pitchers were elected by the writers with over 90% of the vote. But before 1990, there were only two. One was Christy Mathewson when the hall opened in 36. And in the ensuing 52 years, there was only one other. Pitcher getting over 90% of the vote in that half-century span from 1937 to 89. Over 90%? Yes. Since 1990, nine pitchers have done it. But in 52 years prior to 1990, there was only one. So Brooks Robinson, I think, was in uh, Brooks Robinson. Pitcher, uh, pitcher. Yeah, no, J- Jim Palmer is what I was going to meant to say. Uh, he's in 90. 
I believe. So you Correct. are all right. So ninety percent. Huh. And Mo obviously, but he, he's after that. Now Seaver was after ninety. Huh. I don't know that I know. Carlton, I, I believe, was after ninety. All right. Uh, I don't know if he was. He's definitely in this time frame. I'm going to say Bob Feller. Is that your final answer? Yes. It was Bob Feller in 62. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Ty, how about that? You could have given me two million guesses and I'd really? never have come up You've with that. You've heard of Bob Feller, though. Yeah, but that's before my time. It's not really my wheelhouse. Okay. Well, I, I did. Luckily for you, I'm here. That's Seven, four 1700s Baseball Hall of Fame, not really my, you That's know. four and two. Let's go to Jerry in Chester. Good morning, Jerry. Hey, how you doing, uh, Dave? Good. Uh, this question, I, I, I couldn't find, I could never find a good sports one for you, so I found a TV one for you. All right. Uh, before they aired the show Friends, they had a, a different name for the, uh, different title for the show. You named that title. Before the show, they, they originally had a different name, but then changed it to Friends because the writers and producers, I guess, thought it would, you know, come more to the people to, to watch in this title. What's Insomnia the Cafe. Oh, man, you're good. Oh! Insomnia Cafe. They also had other names, but that was the, the one that I remember distinctly. You're impressed by that, aren't you? Very impressed. I'm yeah. more impressed by the five and two. Five and two. All right, let's go to Kristen. So we have now guaranteed above 500 today. We have, and we've also guaranteed we're better than last week at five and four. So we're moving in the right direction. Let's go to Chris and Beth Page, who typically has a good question. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Um, Super Bowl trivia. I was going to ask it last week, but uh, I, I never got through. But anyhow, uh, three teams have won the Super Bowl after losing the year before. The New England Patriots, 2018. And the 72 Dolphins are two of the teams. Who's the third team? Oh, my goodness. Um, so you win the Super Bowl after you've lost the Super Bowl the year before. Right, the year before, exactly. It's happened three times. Um, well, we know it's not Minnesota. Uh, Dallas, I believe. They lost to Baltimore 16-13 and then beat Miami in Super Bowl six. Is that your answer, Dave? Yeah, that's my answer. Very good answer. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I knew you had it, Dave. You knew you had it all along. You, you, you I, had to just, I had to think. So that's six and two, Ty? That's six and two, my friend. This is scalding hot. You're, you're uh, good. Do you have your question ready to go? I do have my question. All and right. it's very timely because we do know the Texans agreed to release one J.J. Watt yesterday. Right. Yeah. He, in his career, has won the Defensive Player of the Year award three different times. Three times in the first five years, by the way. Who are the only other two players in NFL history to win this award three times? We're going to be Lawrence Taylor. Okay, that's number one. Now, what, you said there's how many? He's one of three players. So it's J.J. Watt, Lawrence Taylor, and... So is this the AP one we're going with? Yes. Because I know that there it, there's different... Like, like, you know, voting areas, different, different yes. places have different. 
Uh, I think Aaron Donald also would be then. Is that your final answer, David? Yes. Davido. Davido. Seven and two, my friend. Yes. That's how we Lawrence finish. Taylor, by the way, just to add, was also player of the year but in they, 1986. They, what player. a season that was. Player of the year. For your all-time favorite athlete. All-time favorite. 86 could be the greatest season for me in the history of sports. Mets. Mets win the World Series. Giants. Giants win the Super Bowl and go 14-2. Anything else in your life happened that was significant? I think the Rangers made it to the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, too. Wife, kids, anything? Wife, kids. I was 13. And also— my, Yeah, you know what? In fact, though, my bar mitzvah was that year. <laughs> Look at yeah. you trying to rip me. May 3rd, 1986. Uh, you know, I went from a boy to a man. How about 1987? The, the following year is the last time the Knicks had an all-star point guard. Oh, God. Do you do you know how close the Giants were to going undefeated in 1986? By the way, very close. They they lost the opener. I know I'm so upset with this. 31-28 to the Cowboys. I think it was on Monday Night Football. Definitely prime time, either Sunday night or Monday Night Football. Yeah, Monday Night Football. And then you know that. I'm looking at it. And then they lost to the Seahawks, I believe, in Week Five, 17 to 12. Uh, it was Week Seven. Week Seven, 17 to yeah. They went that, that put them five and two. And they went undefeated the and rest of the way. And then they didn't lose the rest of the way. So they they lost two games by a combined eight points. Then you go to the playoffs and... and I can tell you, playoffs, so they beat the Niners 49-3. Correct. The, well, Washington, the former name, 17-0. Yep. And then 39-20 in the Super Bowl. What a, what a Giants fan you are. Oh, I love that And team. that was the second time you beat the Niners that season. It was great. It's a long day for you. Ty Butler will will tag in and go six to seven thirty, leading you up to the Knicks and the Rockets. And we'll get back to the NFL. We'll hear from uh, Jeremy Fowler. He had something that I'm sure Knicks uh, Jets fans did not um, appreciate yesterday. But you know what? He's calling it like he sees it and what he's hearing. So he he gave that information. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. But uh, do a little bit of the NBA. Both of the locals in action tonight. Uh, Knicks hosting the Rockets. Nets uh, in Golden State. Uh, 8.30 tonight against the Warriors. You look at the Knicks' upcoming schedule. You know, last night is a game you have to win, and you do, and and it's convincing and all that, and obviously you're disappointed with Mitchell Robinson and the broken hand, but listen to the schedule coming up for the Knicks. So It's Houston tonight at home. Now, I know home and away doesn't mean much, but at least you're home. Then Monday night, you're, you're home to Atlanta. Then Wednesday, you're at Orlando. Then next Saturday, you're home to San Antonio. Then Minnesota, then Golden State. N- nothing is daunting. I mean, there's no reason the Knicks, and we are not, you know, six games into the season now or 11 games in where you're, you know, six and five and you say we have a real chance. I- I'm, I'm going to sit here and tell you, as we sit here on February 13th, there is no, and with 10 teams that get into the postseason at 12 and 15 being the, the eight seed right now, there is no reason this team can't be a top 10 team in the East. You're telling me you can't be better than Cleveland? Because Washington and Detroit, forget about it. Washington is an embarrassment. Detroit stinks. So you got Cleveland, Orlando, Chicago. You can't be better than those three teams. Cleveland's not good. Orlando's not good. And Chicago's not good. Now, I know you're not good if you're the Knicks. But if you can't be one of the top 10 to at least get into this first round, you know, feel of the postseason... 
where if you're the 10, you'd play the 7. If you're 8, you'd play the 9 and this, you know, win and, and move on at least. Just get, give me that. Give me a taste of what the postseason actually feels like because it's been a long time. Now, I don't think there's any reason you can't be the 6th seed, to be honest with you. Look, I think Miami will get better and when they get healthier and Dragic comes back. But Toronto is better, clearly. But Charlotte, you can't be better than you can't be as good as Charlotte. No, I know that they're thirteen and fourteen, and and Ball's playing really well, and the addition of Hayward and all those things. But you can't be better than Charlotte. At a minimum, I need to be top ten. But realistically, I th- I think the Knicks could be six or seven. I do. I mean, the Eastern Conference is nothing to write home out, and it's top heavy. I mean, Philly's really good, and Milwaukee's good, and Brooklyn should be good, and and Nets in action tonight, and. You know, I, I think about the Nets, and my whole thought is, this is just, you're treading water. That's the only analogy I can think of. You're treading water for the rest of the regular season. Because there's going to be nights where you go out there and you hammer a team that's really good. There's going to be nights where you play the Detroit, the Clevelands, and you lose, and you're horrified. And, you know, you hear from Kyrie Irving, and he makes you shake your head, and all, all these things. But the truth is, the, the, the litmus test with the Nets is just non-existent. Until we get to the postseason. So, I mean, listen, you play what? 72 games this year? They're, I think, 15 and 12? They could go They could go 15 and 22. I don't care. They, they could go, you know, 40 and, and 32. I don't care. They could go 32 and 40. I don't care. Brooklyn has one, one sole purpose right now, and that is you better get to the NBA Finals because if you don't get to the NBA Finals, you've had a failed season. You have three top, I mean, you got two top five, and then you look at Kyrie, and he's certainly top 12. You have three top 12 players in the world. You better make a, a, a run to the NBA Finals. And who stands in your way? And the only teams that you can look at and say can give this team any chance is Philly, Milwaukee. Probably that's it. Maybe Boston, maybe. But this is not daunting. So, I mean, again, you're treading water if you're Brooklyn. That's that's exactly what you are. Keep our head above water. Does it matter if you're the three or the five or the seven? No, it really doesn't. Get into the postseason, and then we'll see what happens. So that's kind of the take on the NBA. But I, I, there's no reason we shouldn't have both of these teams in the postseason. And if you consider you know, 10-7 to be an actual berth in the postseason, you're the Knicks. you got to be able to get in. Because you should be better than Orlando. And you should be better than Cleveland. And you should be better than Chicago. And Detroit and Washington are already done. So, listen, I'm pleased with what the Knicks are doing. And I think that that we all sit here pleased at what the Knicks are doing. Because you actually see hope. And you actually see that they play hard. And you actually see that they're committed for this head coach. And and quickly it was a good pick. And, yeah, of course you're frustrated with Toppin. And you look at Halliburton, you say you would absolutely love the, if you would have gone in that direction. But you like quickly. And I was, I was reading something the other day that, that said if they were to redraft, where would these guys go? Well, it said the Knicks with eight would take quickly. So you got him at, in, what, what was it, 23? So you took him at 23 instead of eight? Fine. Topping, you don't love, but it's still early stages of his NBA career. And it's hard with no real point guard. You know, because quickly is still early on. And Rose is, you know off the bench for 15, 18, 20 minutes a game. And Peyton is not a great point guard. But you have to be pleased with the, the direction they're they're trending in right now, one would think. Let's go to Gabe in the car. Gabe, you're next up on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Dave, how are you? Good. 
So I want to get a little bit of point out the Mets. I think I'm a big Mets fan myself, and I think some fans are just forgetting that they got Francisco Lindor this offseason. One yeah, but the, you know what the thing is, Gabe. I I don't think I don't think the Mets fan understands how good he is, and I don't mean that disparagingly. I mean that sincerely. I don't think that the Mets fan realizes how good Lindor is because you you saw him. I mean, if you're a National League guy, maybe you didn't even watch him at all, or maybe you watched him five, eight, ten games a year. So it's hard when you start to get him every single game this season. You will appreciate the greatness of Lindor. I mean, for sure. I, I obviously this concerns with Lugo now. He's probably the most reliable arm in the pen. But I don't think they're done. I know you mentioned I do not think they're done at all. I don't think they're I done think either. I, I wouldn't be I surprised if they upgraded at third base. I still think they're going to add yeah. another starter, and I think you're going to add another reliever with the the heels of this Lugo situation. I think it's almost a lock to add another starter, whether it's through free agency or a trade. But, yeah, I just think the team's going to be very good. They're going to be competitive. I'm not going to say that they're going to go out and win the division. They could. They could very well do that. But just relax a little bit. When was the last time the Mets played a third player of Francisco Lindor's caliber? When was the last time? Probably like, Piazza. I mean, Beltran was terrific as well. But, it, yeah, I would say yeah. it's probably back then. And thanks for the phone call. It's been a long time. time. Well, but that, Piazza tra- that Piazza trade. Listen, Lindor instantly becomes one of the top players that this franchise has ever had. And I really stand by it. I don't think you realize how great he is. And that, that happens, right? When, when it's a player on your team. It's like Julius Randle. You're a Knicks fan. You looked at him. You looked at Randall, and, and you looked at the numbers. You said, boy, what an addition. And then he comes here and he plays, and you're like, well, now I see. You know, 18 points and 11 rebounds can be hollow because, you know, he's not great. and He's a, he's a me guy, and he, he wants the ball, and it, it becomes stagnant. So my, my point is this. When there's guys on other teams that you don't get to see every day, you don't really know what they are. And I think in this way, it's a positive because you know Lindor, you've heard the name, you've watched him a little bit, but I don't think you fully grasp how great, in fact, he is. He's a great player, and they're going to build around him for a long time. And it's funny, I, I've seen stories and, and read you know, people's articles of, of um, you know, we think the Mets are going to keep Lindor. Well, they better keep him. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.